welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we check out a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix's 96th film for you. It is the 2018 comedy, The Legacy of Whitetail Deer Hunter. It's directed by Jody Hill. It stars Josh Brolin, Montana Jordan, and Danny McBride. I'm Jesse, and I've got MJ here with me. How are you, MJ? I'm well, mate. How are you? Good. It's um, it's always nice to catch up, and I've been looking forward to hearing your voice uh, the past week. It's. it's I'm glad. Just, <laughs> it I hope that's too I, long. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Actually, no. We are. Well, full disclosure, we are recording a day later than we normally do, purely because of my busy schedule. But um, I have been looking forward to talking about this film ever since I watched it. So it's. Um, I'm looking forward to this as well. Good. Well, I want you to start off and start talking about it for us with your fast flicks, where you give us your mm. quick little summary of the film. So go for it for me. All right, so we got Hollywood heavyweight Josh Brolin in a parody role of a deer hunter trying to pass on his family's hunting legacy to his son. Lovely, yes, that's it's very close to what I've got. I've I've said it's a, a father and son story told through a hunting trip. Uh, oh, it's really quite different, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Like you said, this, you mentioned you mentioned the hunting thing, the yeah. legacy, those types of things. So, um, I think that I think that uh, we we've seen the same film, and I think that uh, we're probably going to be talking a bit about this father son relationship uh, throughout this chat. And I'm probably going to put the spoiler alert out now um, sure. because I think this one I'm going to probably spoil early on. So, if you want to watch this one, um, you're in the mood for a comedy. Give us a pause, go and watch it, and then come back and listen because uh, we're, we're going to spoil this one quite early. So I uh, hope you enjoy it and pause, and now we're back. All right, MJ. <laughs> I'm looking forward to your early spoil. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a feeling I was going to spoil this one. So, um, yeah. Nah, good. Nah, better history. be safe. What, um, what, yeah. what did you stand out about this one? Hmm. There's, a, there's a little bit of a story here. Nothing too exciting, but um, basically the idea of this film or – uh, the concept of this film has been in the works for a while. So I think Jody Hill wrote the script a long time ago. I think he actually wrote it after he finished directing Observe and Report, which was nine years before this film actually came out. So he was he was quite busy with a lot of TV stuff during that time, and he sort of wrote the script. And uh, I think Danny McBride had a look at it as well, and he had another another writer as well who looked at it, but. This, this script has sort of been floating around for some time. And then um, June 2015 was when I found out that Danny McBride and Josh Brolin were announced that they'd star in the film. So this is quite a while ago, June 2015. Yeah, three, three years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in November 2015 was when Montana Jordan, the kid, came into the film. Um, so it was, again, as I said, directed by Jody Hill, co-wrote with McBride there again, and John Carcieri. And it was produced by Scott Rudin Productions and Rough House. So Rough House is Danny McBride, Jody Hill, and David Gordon Green's uh, production company. And they produce mm-hmm. Eastbound and Down. So they were, they were sort of on board this the whole time. And then they basically started filming in October. They filmed for three and a half months, um, give or take, in, in Asheville, North Carolina. Apparently, it was a pretty grueling, grueling shoot because obviously a lot of it was done in the, in the woods. Uh, hunting terrain i don't know how else you want me to say it but um and because it was an independently financed movie uh when they were finished netflix was really keen to see it they they had a look at the movie before anybody else did and and they bought it straight off the back of that so um obviously there was there was that gap sort of between the movie finishing at the start of 2016 and not coming out on netflix until you know mid 2018 we got 6th of july 2018 so obviously just getting it right and trying to find the right spot for it yeah, and this one, um, it played at South by Southwest in March of 2018 as well. So it, it had a, a little bit of a, you know, a few months prior mm. release, uh, which is a little bit, it's a, it's a bit of a big, we, we used to have quite a lot of the Netflix films where they had, you know, they, they debuted at Sundance or, or somewhere like that. And there was a bit of a, a wait until it hit Netflix. So it's been a while since we've had one that's had, um, you know, a four month sort of mm. um, delay between a theatrical screening and hitting netflix yeah it's still interesting to see that basically like that two-year gap between finishing filming it and south by southwest and i I couldn't find any reason as to why yeah okay good um josh brolin he gained 40 pounds for this role that's uh, yeah. that's a lot of weight. That's an awful lot of weight. Um, I did. Um, I, 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 I didn't really notice it. I guess uh, neither, neither did I. But I mean, he was he was a bit bulkier. But I mean, you could easily put that down to 
you know, he was wearing sort of full length clothes the whole time. He was hunting, so he had hunting gear with him. And mm. um, yeah, I think it was a pretty tough shoot for for him. So it's um, it's credit to him for doing it, for doing a role like this, putting on the weight, really committing to it. So well done, Josh <laughs> Bowen. I'm a huge Josh Bowen fan. I really like him. Oh, good. Yeah, the, um, this there were also um, a few things in this movie that are sort of influenced by this legendary actual um, white tail deer hunter called Roger Raglan, mm. and um, this this BFK Productions that they sort of use throughout this this film is similar to his own production thing, which he called BKS. Um, yep. And that you know, there, there's some scenes in the film that they borrow music from his actual hunting videos. Oh, so do they? It's nice. That, yeah, so it's nice that they've got these little um, little connections that they're sort of paying homage to, I guess. Um, that you know, there, there are TV shows that exist that, that are similar to, I guess, what they were producing um, through this film um, that we were watching. Well, Jody Hill had yeah. nev- has never been hunting before, so here he is writing this movie and then filming this movie. Never been hunting before, didn't know much about it, but I believe, uh, I think it was John Carcieri started like showing him these hunting videos online and, and what was actually available and what some people do film, and they were kind of like, this is this is something like there's something here we can we can make something out of this. So um, that's kind of how it started. I, I was sort of fascinated to know that. It sort of reminds me of these, um, if, if you watch Tiger King on Netflix, it sort of reminds me of these these uh, videos, these in-house little studio productions that, uh, that that Joe King created through his own sort of little production company that's very, you know, hammed up and, you know, has these really, you know, cheesy sort of uh, title graphics and things like that. So it sort of gave, gave these memories of these these sorts of characters that you, you do know or you have seen um, in other things as well. <laughs> it's like an 80s VHS kind of setup, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is, yeah. Um, just the production values are, you know, they're, they're purposely on the low end to, to give that feel. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's purpose. I think it's it's budget constraints and restrictions and maybe even expertise. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a look at some translations for the title of this one because um, I had a bit of fun doing this the other week when we did. Um, oh, I can't remember what the film was. I think it was the the French film. Uh, it where, was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, in different um, countries, the, to the, each the own title was different. Yeah, that one. Um, so in Brazil, uh, this film was called My First Hunt. Oh yeah, and I've got to be very, very careful that I put the emphasis <laughs> on the H, the letter H. So my first hunt um, in Italy, Spain, and Poland, it was called Hunting with Dad. And that's oh. the H as well. Um, okay. And then in France, it was called My Dear Hunter Dad. Um, okay. And I, I like that. I like that double um, that double meaning for the word deer. I guess so. Um, I didn't mind oh. that, uh, the French. Oh, okay, I didn't get that when you said it. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. that's clever. So, oh, dear, yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was Hang on, how do they spell so, deer? Like the animal. Oh, okay, <laughs> but still, like when you say yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I like that. I thought that was good. So I, I, I sometimes have issues with long titles. Um, mm. So they don't really work, and this title on the surface doesn't really work for me either. The legacy of a white-tailed deer hunter, but watching the film, I'm kind of okay with it. It, it it sits okay with me, but I yeah it, like my first hunt is still good as well, and you know my, yeah. my dear father whatever dear hunter father. yeah it, it, it's I completely agree because when if you did want to recommend this film to someone it, it's one of those titles that doesn't stick in my head at all like I've had no. to reread this title and we had this with a couple of other films that have had long titles from Netflix like uh, I'm the pretty thing <clears throat> that lives in the house and. Mm. And along those lines, like now I know that the title of the film and maybe in 12 months time, I'll remember this one, but uh, it's one of those ones that it's like, oh, it's about deer hunting, but I can't remember the, mm. you know, a white tailed deer to me. I, I don't know. I didn't know what a white tailed deer was. No. Sort of thing, yeah. I um, just, I, I love the word legacy in there because the, mm. it, it, that is a big part of the film. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, well, are you ready for, oh, some critical consensus? I, I think we yeah. can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. What, what yeah, did I think you find? We're... Um, firstly, there's not a heap of ratings for it. Um, so IMDb only has just over 3,000 ratings on it, and it's a 5.5 out of 10. So it's modest. It's below par. It's not all that popular. And that's even a bit low, more, bit lower on Letterboxd at 2.6 out of 5, and that's 2,500 ratings. So it's on the lower side for both those platforms. Yeah, Um the the Google users there was eighty percent that liked this one so that's uh, a little bit reflective a little bit higher I guess yeah but um Rotten Tomatoes didn't like this one uh, this was okay. 
it didn't have a consensus, but it was rotten on 30%, and that's on 23 reviews. Okay. And the audience also had it at 42%, but that's on, you know, 130-odd. Uh, small, so, small sample yeah, size. very small, but still very uh, low. Yeah, so, nah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, early thoughts time. What What are your early thoughts on this one? Well, I've already I've already dropped this, but I, I love Josh Brolin. I think he's a master. Like most things I see him in, he just steals the limelight. Like he's obviously no country for old men. Inherent vice. He's Thanos. Like Thanos is is the greatest villain in in my eyes in cinematic history, and a lot of that <laughs> is to do with with um, Josh Brolin. Um, Sicario. He's great in that. But I was one minute into this movie. And my excitement from this cast had subsided really quickly. And, and look, Danny McBride is, you know, you get with Danny McBride, I think he's funny. Um, but this concept just never really made sense to me. And I was kind of uncomfortable with the idea of killing deers as a key to the plot. Um, yep. So the movie just, it did, it did very little for me. And if Josh Brolin can't squeeze something out of that, then it's really hard for it to be salvaged by anyone in my books. Yeah, I, I agree. The start was uh, as soon as you see the start, and you're like, uh, "What am I in for here?" Um, mm. But I enjoyed this one. I, ah, um, good. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I, I, it sort of it wears its message on its sleeve like so, so clearly, and I had some good laughs. I had, I had quite a few giggles in this one, um, and I, you know, it's not meant to be taken too seriously. And no. you know, some, sometimes I go into a lot of these 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 chats that we have going. You know, I need to pull out the the serious side of things, but this one, you know, I, I sort of appreciated that, you know, they didn't want to be taken too seriously and, and that connected with me. So uh, yeah, I, I, I like this one. That's good. I look, I, I wanted to like it. And, and I mean, when we spoke about it briefly last week and, and you said the cast and it's a comedy and I'm like, cool, this is going to be great. But um, yeah, yeah. It just struggled to hit the mark with me. I guess. Yeah. When, when you hear a film that you haven't heard of that sits in the, the deep dark corridors of Netflix, I guess, um, you know, we probably would have heard of it if it had a, you know, a lot better reception. Yeah, and that's the thing. You've got Josh Brolin, a Josh Brolin-starred comedy with Danny McBride and you know, and the director of Observe and Report, which isn't, you know, isn't a small movie with Seth Rogen. Like, you, you kind of expect more than 3,000 people to have rated on IMDb, right? Like, it's yeah, two years into its life on Netflix and not really doing a heap, but... Um, yeah. yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. I wanted to like it. I, I, I must full disclosure. I watched this on Sunday night on a Sunday night after I'd spent 20 hours that weekend painting my house. And, and for what it's worth, I think I was in great mindset because I just wanted to sit back and watch comedy. But maybe also I was like, when I got annoyed in those first few minutes, it was hard to get me back. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I was looking forward you, you to it, and, it and I just had nothing. I couldn't give it what it wanted. You're you're gone way too early for this one. Um, Maybe I was, and I I want to I want to put that out there. <laughs> that happens to me a lot as well. So okay. <laughs> okay, character time. Let's. There's only three real characters that we need to talk about in this one. Yeah. So good. let's let's kick it off with Buck. Buck. What have you got to say about Buck? Yeah. Where do we like? Firstly, Buck Ferguson's a great name. Um, <laughs> what was that? What was the other hunter that you said this is based off? What was his name? Roger Raglan. Yeah, Buck Ferguson's so much better than Roger Raglan. But um, look, I think there's that really important context of the divorce and how he's basically a fish out of water when he's not with nature, and that separation from his family has really made him lose touch on what's important. And that kind of includes how to build and cultivate a relationship with the people you love, and you know you can include Don in that as well. He just has. He just really lacks those social skills of what's important to build a relationship. And and, and I, I was sort of unsure whether that's a part of who he is or whether that's happened. It's gotten gradually worse since the divorce and since that separation. I get I get the feeling it's a ladder that he's just sort of slipping away from that reality because he's not in a great place. But I, I did enjoy that sort of old school father trying to play dad to this modern day son. And, you know, there's there's elements of that that work and there's elements that don't work, but there was a nice charm and a nice truth to that because, you know, Buck knows only one way and that's the way that his dad taught him. And that was a different era. And his separation from, from Jade and his son is kind of like, they're just worlds apart on some moments and some things they're not, but it was just a good portrayal of all of that. And, and, and Buck was kind of interesting in that sense. Yeah. I think you've covered that really well. Like, uh, 
I completely agree that I think this this divorce was sort of that, um, you know, the, the the idea of the the mother of his child that obviously means so much to him. You know, being with someone else it just infuriates him, and mm-hmm. and this leads to him becoming more and more of an asshole as as the film goes on. And you know, like you mentioned, he thinks he knows best as a father, and he thinks he knows what's best for his son. But um, the the idea of him being so focused on this deer or this hunt to make that relationship relatable and connectable mm-hmm. for Jaden. Um, it, it does. It highlights that idea that, you know, the, the only time he feels like he's a man or he's in control is in the wilderness. And, and that's why when Jaden's not, his son's not accepting what he's trying to do, it, it just blows up even more and more. And, and it sort of just snowballs into, you know, the, this idea that, you know, when he's out in the wilderness, his, his cares are meant to, you know, disappear and mm. things aren't meant to disturb him or worry him. But, bringing his son out there is sort of taking that away from him as well. And he just, it's, it, he's just got this frustration that what he, what he thinks will work and what he wants aren't actually happening because these two worlds are sort of colliding mm. and, and his, his perceptions aren't um, where they need to be for where his son's at, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, it's, I, you know, and I actually think that I would be able to empathize with him a lot better if, if I had a, a son or a child of my own, um, the idea of, Planning, planning something in your head and, and wanting your son to do something that you think is going to be really important and that you've done and th- this is the only thing you know. I, I get that idea. I, I can't I can't fully grasp what it might feel like because I'm just not in that headspace. But mm. I, I kind of do understand that okay, so much is so much is depending on this because this is what I know and this is how I how I planned everything to be. And that that would be a frustrating feeling. Yeah, com- yeah, completely. And yeah, I, I, I sort of wanted to. I'll talk about Jaden a little bit here, just as a as a continuation on what you've just said, because yeah, th- like th- this kid to me, like I, I, I really connected with him. I don't, I don't know why, because I, I don't like hunting. You're a brat. No. I'm a brat. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> that's what it is. I don't know. I sort of, I sort of connected with this idea that, um, you know, his, his biggest fear is being an idiot and. The yeah. idea that you know at, at school when he's with his dad in the wild, it's just this whole this whole thing that he's got these insecurities just like Buck has as well, but they're just completely different stages in their lives. Yeah, it's and, generational. And, yeah, yeah, and you know, the, the, Jaden's straight up to who he is the whole time. Um, you know, the, and like you mentioned earlier, like this whole idea of sort of well, not counterculture, but you know, he, there's no Wi-Fi or he's worried yeah. about. What, what his girlfriend's thinking and he's got to be calling her the whole time because they're his priorities. His priorities yeah. are to hunt, hunt this deer that he's never had any interest in. His priorities are what's happening with him once he gets off this weekend with his dad. So, and, and you know, without his dad understanding what that's like, that that friction was always going to be there and they were never going to be able to have that that connection that Buck was really after. Mm. Um, but And I really did like and I, I really f- enjoyed towards the end where you get to see Jaden make this decision about the mattress to get Don out of this situation. Mm. And I just really enjoyed that, you know, um, you've, you've been following this character who you think, you know, he quits when things are too hard and you've got this situation that seems mm. absolutely impossible, but he's the one who's able to make this decision. And I just really enjoyed that. Um, and I, yeah, I just really like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a nice thought. I, I think as well with Jaden, like he was never he, he he still wanted to go and he still wanted to kill deer. He did he just didn't want to do to the commitment level that that a is probably just required, but b the way that Buck did it. Um, so it, it's not like it was his kid who oh, I don't want to go hunting with my dad, and then oh all of a sudden this is actually great. I'm having so much. like it wasn't like that. Like this kid got it. He wanted to hunt. He he, he was stoked when he got his gun and all that kind of stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, he was just a kid. Like all those points that you said about what his priorities are, like he was just a normal kid. It wasn't like he was one end of the spectrum to show how different he was from Buck. It was just like, no, this is just how kids are. This is not an extreme kid. He's this is what you would be doing if you were 12, 13 years old and you had a girlfriend back home. I say back home probably wasn't that far away, but um, <laughs> like he was just a kid who loved his parents. He had no reason to not build a bond with his stepfather. Like, that was just, I know it was hard for Buck to hear, but you got a kid who's 10 or 11 years old when your parents break up and another guy moves into your life for a couple of years, then, I, I, you know, how can you not build that connection? And he just wanted to stay connected with his mates. He still had time for his dad, but I, I, I like that it wasn't an extreme either way. It was all pretty normal. 
Yeah, and I, and I enjoyed as well that this connection that he had with Don, um, that, mm. you know, this, this is the type of person he wanted his dad to be, a little bit more relaxed, a little more, you know, fun going, letting him sort of push the boundaries a little bit rather than this straight down the line sort of guy that, you know, he only gets to see every second weekend or whatever it is. And, yeah, I yeah maybe that's a good segue into Don. I was just going to say, you've just done another yeah. segue. I was, yeah, I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> what are you thinking of Don? Tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me your thoughts on Don. Yeah, I, I had a little bit of trouble placing him, to be honest, because on, on one hand, he seemed to understand logic as well as anybody who was out there. Um, he was empathetic. He could relate with Jaden, like you said. Uh, and on the other hand, he got bullied around in his job. He had a girlfriend who slept with other guys whilst he took photos. He shared those photos with a kid, and he somehow was in a strong enough financial position to retire earlier than it appeared he should have been. I just I, I couldn't figure him out. I, I got the impression that um the the girlfriend's family and her she was probably making so much money off these uh pornos that she was making that <laughs> he'd be set and he could retire. But yeah, I yeah, I, I agree. I think that I, I feel like he was sort of he was this guy that was pretty comfortable with who he was and he sort oh, yeah. of knew himself and you know, even if he had these weird sort of ideas of what a relationship was, he still I think he was a positive role model or an alternative model of what a, a decent man can be like just because yeah, he was a good man yeah just because he's got these different ideas or or thoughts mm. on how his relationship is doesn't mean he was a he was a poor role model or anything like that yes maybe he made the wrong choices in but like you know <laughs> if you if you if you're hanging out with your your best mate's kid you know and you want to like you're going to try and be funny you're going to try and be the cool guy so maybe it was a little bit extreme the way he did it with his photos but you know yeah. you're going to be that sort of guy like you know lend him the phone when he wants the phone because you want to yeah that stuff was great yeah. yeah 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 good hey to be honest for what it's worth don's the kind of guy that i'd be happy being mates with like he hmm. seemed like he seemed like he'd be a good mate um i i wouldn't want to dive too deep into his personal life. I think I'd leave that to him, but um, <laughs> he seemed on the surface like a pretty good dude. Yeah. It was nice just to have this um, alternative to Buck, who was like this man's man hunting, you know, mm. I'm the male. I know what's right compared to, um, you know, Don, who's happy to, to go along with the flow and sort of be chill and, you know, allow people in his life to do what they want to do um, rather than being told what to do like Buck likes to do. Yeah, no, nah, I think you bang on there. Good. All right. Um, should we talk a little bit about Jody Hill? I, yeah, as the director, I think you, you've done a good job. Um, early on, yeah, I about covered him a bit. Work. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I just thought that the connection that he has with Danny McBride. Um, so you know he's the writer and director for the uh, the Foot Fist Way, Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals, which is another HBO show, as well as Eastbound and Down. Um, and you know these are all with Danny McBride. Um. So obviously they have a really good working relationship, and they went to yeah. film school together. There you go. Yeah. So perfect. Danny McBride, Jody Hill, and David Gordon Green, who's the other guy who's at one of their in their production company, they all went to film school together, and they've obviously stuck fat, similar to I guess like the Lonely Island guys, right? Yeah. Oh, good. All right. Scene time. Scene time. Do you want to go first? What, um. I've, yeah. Okay. I can go yeah, first. I, I always go first. Okay. Yeah. I will. I might take up a little bit of time with this one because I've All got right. uh, quite a few things that I liked in this one. Well, uh, I will. If you say one of mine, I'll just jump in and let you know. Good. There's going to be some that you're going to think, oh, "What the hell? Why did you like this?" But yeah. we'll, we'll get to that when. when I, That's good, mate. Because normally it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the first one you're going to be like, "Oh, you're an idiot." But <laughs> at the and you probably already zoned out. Like at the start when they had they had this big quote on the screen, the the scripture quote, John three sixteen about you know, God loving a son. So like, like I said earlier, like putting the, the idea of this father son relationship right at the forefront. Um, but I, I like that. Cause I was like, that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Straight away. I was like, yes. I was like, bring, bring okay. back the, the wrestling day. So I was into it. I was like, yeah. Okay. Um, I was like, what are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I liked that. And it gave me an idea what the film was about. And it reminded me of um, Stone Cold. So that was cool. Oh, the, tri- triple threat. Triple threat. The, I, I really liked the conversation between, um, or multiple conversations between Buck and Don where they're talking about just the the way that he wants this this uh, TV show filmed. Like I just really yeah. liked that they went into this detail that they didn't dumb it down for the audience. Like, you know, they talked about, you know, setup shots and slow pans and the shot types and the B-roll and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, this is really cool. Just like hearing these two characters sort of riff about 
where they want the the camera location. So I thought that was um it was just nice to to hear that in a film. Okay. Um, yeah, the the first conversation um that Don and Jaden have together when they get in the car together and Don says to him, you know, the only woman on this trip is Rosie Palmer and her five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, you, you get that joke and then like he follows it up with like You just kept going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had a good laugh with that. I thought that was very funny. Um the comparison with the guns, like the you know, I just I just liked this idea of this this family tradition versus this new upgrade that from Greg or this, you know, this, this better gun from Greg, which is sort of like a symbol or symbolizes how Buck's probably feeling um, about his relationship with Jaden mm-hmm. and his ex-wife that, you know, she's upgraded. She's got this newer, better sort of model. Um, and, you know, just this idea of this family tradition of what the gun means to Buck. And then as well towards the end when, you know, they're in the river and, and Buck says to Jaden, you know, I'm happy for you to let it go, just let it go. And I just liked that sort of moment where it's like, okay, Buck's more more interested in Jade and then worrying about this hunting trip anymore. Mm. Um, so I liked that. Um, I, th- I thought that there was a really nice. Um, well, it wasn't really nice, I guess, but Don and Buck are, you know, having this chat about Jaden because he's too busy on the phone to his girlfriend and and Don just has this line like, you know, well, you know, at least he's thinking about pussy. <laughs> I thought that was, that was funny. Uh, the, the the blood on the boots, um, I really like that symbolism, the, the idea of, you know, um, Jaden's, you know, saying, oh, I'm not going to get blood on my, you know, brand new Timberland shoes sort of thing. And, mm. and then, you know, for him to actually get Don's blood on his shoes and just the, that idea, I just, that resonated really well with me. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I thought <laughs> this is another laugh where, you know, Jaden's doing this parkour throughout the rocks and stuff. And then, you know, Don sort of <laughs> falls and hits his head on a rock. There's just this blood going everywhere. <laughs> and then it leads it looks super painful. Because the scene with the <laughs> background, he just, he just hits the deck. <laughs> And then he's just standing there, just running down his face. It was just, I thought that was hilarious. And then it sort of follows Am I bleeding? On <laughs> and it, it follows on with him talking about, you know, I'm dedicated to your dad sort of thing where, you know, we went on this trip and I wanted to bail oh, yeah. and I ended up with, with frostbite and lost my big toe and I've got balance issues. <laughs> I just was that was, yeah, it. that was pretty funny when all like, out of, he's telling this great story. It's like, so what happened to your toe? And you, you assume it's going to be fine. He's like, oh, I lost my big toe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I thought I liked the the little conversation where Jaden sits down and goes, you know, it's pretty funny hearing both these sides of the story about the divorce. And, you know, his dad thinks that mum was selfish with the money and the mum thinks that Buck was always going out hunting and drinking. I just liked that they showed both sides of the story and Jaden was, you know, strong enough to sort of say, oh, you know, up front, well, you know, mum's side of the story is very different to yours sort of thing. I thought that was, that was nice. Well, that's the first one that I, that I actually had in mind as well, because um, okay. I, I really liked that chat as well, especially when when Buck talks about how he fits in with reality versus when he's on his hunting trips and how you know that world he, he is a world that he feels powerless in, and and in turn he feels in complete control when there's no outside noise. And I think it was not only an insight of the character we probably already knew, but I enjoyed him divulging that to Jaden and. Because what you've seen so far was a real surface level father and son, and it was him trying to break down to this is actually who I am, and I thought that was a really really good scene. Good, yes. You you, you explained that a lot better than I did, so that, that was no, yeah, no. I enjoyed that. I, did, I um, probably just covered a different side of it. Different, yeah. I like I liked the rope bridge scene too. I just, I just I just was just laughing because this whole idea of you know Buck being this strong sort of guy, and then you know when it actually comes down to, it, he's like oh you know, now nah, um, let Don go first and, you know, this excuse of it being the better camera angle. So it sort of goes back into these conversations they've been having throughout about, you know, the best shot that they can get for their work. So I, I enjoyed that just to show the other side of, you know, um, Buck's not as, as strong as he appears all the time. <laughs> um, I, I I actually laughed when Don showed those explicit uh, photos to Jaden of his girlfriend. <laughs> I just was not expecting that one little bit. Like, you know, what was his line? He's like, she's into blackfellas. And then you just see all these photos. I was like, I was like, oh, wow. I was not expecting that. Um, I might recommend and, this one to my mum. She might enjoy that scene. <laughs> and then he shows the photo. Of his, he goes, there's my foot. <laughs> it's been like this. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, yeah. I'm nearly done. The I, I liked the the, the shot where Jaden is, you know, they've, they've 
made it to this little waterfall, this beautiful little spot that looked completely CGI, but it was just this yeah. nice little spot. And it just gave me these vibes from two weeks ago when we were watching um, Calibre. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was literally, yeah. I was like, oh, this this is giving me vibes. And then bang, the same thing happens where <laughs> he shoots, um, instead of shooting the deer, he shoots a human. And I just thought that was hilarious that he hits um, Don. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> And finally, um, I, I just really liked where at the end, Jaden apologizes and, you know, says sorry for messing up. And, you know, he speaks about, you know, he failed at, at hunting like he fails at school. And, and Buck's, you know, response was, you know, um, he thought, you know, if, if you enjoyed this hunting with me, then we could do more stuff together. I just like this sort of soft little touch between the two where they mm. both both have these flaws that but they really do just love each other. So that was mm. um, my nice little thing that I liked. Okay, you certainly liked it. this film, Jesse. I, I did. I, when I was looking back and I was like, I, I enjoyed this. I thought that, like, it made yeah. me laugh. And it's not very often I, I have a few giggles in a, a Netflix film. So, yeah. this one Yeah, no, you don't it. actually. No, I'm glad you mm. enjoyed it. It broke mm. you down, which is good. Um, good. I've right, only got, I only had three scenes and you only took one of them. But um, okay. the campfire scene at the start, <clears throat> I, I kind of like that male bonding. Uh, and... and, and there were times when Jaden was really on board with everything they were doing. And obviously he was on board because he was getting some whiskey, but um, <laughs> I enjoyed the scenes where Jaden was, was sort of a bit ho-hum about going camping with him and, and enjoying that. So uh, that was the first scene that I liked. And then as, as I said, we said before about that father son chat they had after Carolyn dumped Jaden and they spoke about the divorce, but the final scene that I liked was the, the final shot in the film was, when Buck was lighting up that deer and he was hesitating. And I, I think as an audience, we'd got to a point where we really didn't want him to shoot it because these deers were so majestic and the way they framed them, you just got to feel like I, I, I'm by no means a, I'm not a vegetarian and I, I, I'm not against hunting or anything like that, but I, I just, I, I fell for these deers really, really quickly. And I think that was the desired effect. And when he hesitated, I was kind of thinking, hang on, is he only killing deer because of a detachment that he had from humanity and family? And now that, you know, now that he's got that connection with his son who didn't want to shoot a deer, he's, you know, he's been doing this his whole life. And I, I do appreciate they left it somewhat ambiguous mm. by him going back to the gun and then them cutting out. Um, I think it was really well handled because I didn't want to see him shoot a deer. I also didn't want him to see them just completely ruin this character by, you know, that's what he does is he shoots deers. So I, I don't want him to change. So I, I just thought that whole thing was handled marvelously. Yeah, I, I <clears throat> thoroughly enjoy that um, too. Just that that ambiguity of you know, th- does he just shoot that deer to complete this trip? Because that's that was the goal that he had, and he's such a you know that was he's so goal driven. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, yeah. And I just I didn't want to I did not want to see a deer one of those deer get shot. They were beautiful, and I didn't want to see it happen. And if it had ended with him shooting it, yeah, it would have been true to his character. But that little hesitation, because like, let's let's be frank, we know that Jaden didn't shoot the deer because he just wasn't comfortable shooting a deer, right? Is that the vibe you got? Um, I don't know. I got that vibe early on, and then when he was lighting it up at the end, and he had the clear shot, and he was just mm. staring at the deer's face, he was like staring back. Yeah. I think he was just like, I can't do this. Um, yeah, I, I think I think that yeah, maybe yeah, I, I maybe I do agree with you because Jaden. I feel like he was a strong enough kid to have his own thoughts and ideas and he wasn't just going to do something to impress his dad. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so I, I'd grown with that. And I, I didn't want Buck to just change who he was because Jaden didn't shoot a, beer, a deer. But I liked the fact that he had that, that, you know, that thought of he lined it up the exact same way Jaden did and he stopped and he's like, oh, you know what? I get it. I kind of yeah, get what Jaden was doing. And then he went back to it because, you know, that's what he does and I'm okay with that. But I still didn't have to see him shoot it, which was good. So... It was really well handled, that final shot. Good. All right. Um, time to talk about some things that we didn't necessarily like. Yeah. I've, uh, I, the thing that really uh, that I didn't like, and this was straight up at the start of the film, where they, I really thought that the, the footage that they were cutting in for their TV show in between what was actually happening. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought they were, they were quite lame, and I didn't find those parts humorous like I did with the actual, you know, relationship Mm. stuff between natural characters but i I appreciate and i can understand why they included them and and use them but this could have just like even if if you wiped out that whole idea of them doing it for a a tv show 
you can still have that story, that father son story. Um, it's a going really on a good point. Trip with a with a mate, and you know that mate can still be that that character that you know that plays off Buck. But yeah, you you didn't necessarily have to have it to do with you know, it probably would have been even more impactful about this this relationship with this new dad figure in the life and things like that, rather than having these little, um, yeah, little side bits of footage. I hadn't thought about that, but I 100% agree with you because there's obviously a bit of tweaking that you need to do about why Don's there and this situ- this whole, because they've, they've got a working relationship, right? But th- there's definitely ways around this and the setup is a little bit different. I, I agree. I think it's a far better story. Yeah. All right, well, um, what what didn't you like about this one? Is that all, Jesse? Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be frank, you've spoken about a few of mine, but you spoke about them in the wrong section. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they were talking about crossing that rope and he made Don do it first, that was really tired really quickly. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that, that gag wore off really quickly. Um, the dirty pictures that <laughs> he showed, <laughs> followed by that father-son chat, I, I, nah. Not for me. <laughs> like you, just, it, it was you just weren't expecting it, and I get, I understand. So, yeah, you know what? Yeah, maybe. Like, I, I'm not saying that it wasn't a little bit funny, and I, I wasn't offended yeah. by it. But like, I was just like, "Where's this story?" And that's, I think, I told you, I had so much trouble with Don. I couldn't. Like, yeah. this guy does a really cool thing about giving him his phone and then telling Buck, saying, "Hey, you know what? I gave him a phone." Like this is a good guy. And then he goes and does that. I'm like, who is this guy? So I think it he's just like threw that, me. That cool, he's like that cool sort of uncle that, you know, it you know, toes the line a bit. Yeah. And when you go back to school, you're like, Oh, I got to spend this time with my uncle. And you know, he showed me porn. I don't, yeah. I don't know. And then you yeah, turn yeah. like 18, 19, you're like, hang on. He was, he was a weird he's a dude. He's <laughs> yeah. a bit of a creepy uncle. Um, <laughs> there was one shot. I don't know if you noticed this. So that, They'd already, Don had already buggered off and that was just the two of them. They were marching up that hill, the final hill till they got over there. There was one shot where it was snowing whilst they were climbing that hill. Oh. And then there was no more snow in any other shot. It was like a three second shot and I stopped it and I rewound it. I watched it again and it was just snowing for three seconds <laughs> and then it stopped. And I don't know yeah. where that came from. I don't know if that was supposed to be like this was such a long journey long that there was journey, a bit of snow. Yeah. Like, just yeah. it didn't work was, for me. That was exactly what I. That was my explanation for it. Yeah, maybe they were just yeah, trying yeah. To show that they've been uh, traveling for days. I don't know. There's been no suggestion of snow in this whole movie. Nah, not at all. Um, I didn't like it when he shot Don. Uh, I, 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 but again, I think I was just a bit tired with it by that point. I was like, I don't need another. Look, I don't know what we're carving out of this, but this is going to be like a 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of something that I don't know if I need. And yeah. uh, I, I didn't mind the the White River rafting stuff. That was kind of cool. But shooting Don at the tie, I was like, oh, what are we doing? Fair this? enough. But even worse than that was when Jaden does parkour to get across <laughs> to, to get to Don. Almost yeah. as if like, hey, remember that parkour we showed you earlier? Yeah, it came back. Like... And he got there yeah. like a second before his dad. Well, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Uh... Um, and the final thing I didn't like, where if I was to say to you, my father was a hunter and I was his son, would you would you think of the worst song that you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> uh, but he's like, I wrote you a song. I was like, okay, I'm all right with this. And like the only lyrics was my father was a hunter and I was his son. And... Like try yeah. a little bit harder. <laughs> like, you got the, you got the, the setup story. earlier. You got the setup earlier on that he probably wasn't. That he's useless on the guitar. guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> His lyrics, like, oh. yeah. I was my, like, my... It's okay. you go. I was just I was gonna just say, gonna... you know, you know the um, the credits. How they had that song in the credits. Yeah. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, the first song in the credits. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like it was like they'd made a song out of it. <laughs> I think it was written by Jody Hill. Um, uh, well, I, well, I could, yeah. my dog yeah. could have written it. Like, there's six words <laughs> in it. Uh, my my cheeks are hurting that I've been smiling so much <laughs> in the last five minutes. Just just going back over this um, because yeah, that's I've good. Thoroughly uh, finding these these scenes that you didn't like funny again, and I just spoke about them five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> Jesse, that's why we do this podcast because <laughs> watching a movie is not as good until you get to talk about it. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Have you? Is that it? Are you done with that's the it? Yeah. Like? Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's it. All right. Good. All right. Well, fill me in on uh, what you think this film's trying to say through its themes or its ideas. Yeah, it's saying a lot, and and I I respect it. Um, 
there's a big commentary on the the father son relationship, and and again, this is one of those things that's uh, there's no right or wrong, and there's no you know strong stance on how you should be doing it. But I like the exploration of a father son and that generational gap and that separation that's there. Um, and similarly with that, the whole idea of a divorced family, like so much of this movie, despite them not being in it, is about his wife and uh, and her partner. Like he obviously calls her a few times, and we we get we get a backstory as to why they might have broken up and. Um, and that all kind of comes in as well to that lack of connection that Buck all of a sudden has. And I, I think you get the impression that he, he always had it somewhat because he was so at home when he was out hunting. But uh, how strong that can get and how that, that broken family can really impact you. And um, there's just a lot, there's a lot there. And, they, and what I like about it is it's not trying to tell you 10 different stories like we had a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it, every every little theme that it has kind of links into the other one and, and tells a wider story. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Like the, the that idea about the father-son sort of stuff too leads into like a little bit of masculinity too. And, you know, th- these men lost in the woods, like the, but hunting is what they know or what Buck knows anyway. And yeah. even though that he's lost in the woods and they can't, you know, he's it sort of symbolizes that losing of control of everything else and that manhood that he's lost with that divorce, like you speak about and yeah, you know, a new dad cool. in the house. And um, yeah, the, that idea too, like this, this old school idea that hunting is this pastime, which might not be seen as, you know, such a, an important thing in American life these days, I guess. Like, um, yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. And, and they sort of have this idea too. Like I, I, you mentioned it, I think it was having a little bit of a whack at, at hunting and um and, and they do this through like, you know, Buck idolizes this American sort of way. And it's done through that scene where they're talking about, you know, cheese. And he's like, you know, I, I don't like stuff just mm. better because it's foreign sort of thing. And this whole hunting sort of idea and, and um, you know, you see it through Jaden where the phones and the technology and no, no Wi-Fi, it's sort of saying maybe the values have changed and the ideas of, of where, um, you know, tradition and family tradition can be has sort of moved on a little bit too. Yeah, you're right, and I, again, everything you said, it it really just ties into itself. Yeah, it does, it, yeah. It's a clean, it's a precise kind of story, and I I, I kind of like that, and I wish it had a res. And it, it, sorry, it did resonate with me. It did. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Mm. I've got no qualms with all that. Oh, you know what? You said "Lost in the Woods" a few times. Is that a song <laughs> in Frozen Two? Lost in. Yeah, that's the hands dude, doesn't he? So no, that is Christoph. 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 Yeah, Christoph, I, yeah. I. That's that eighties ballad song that you did not like. <laughs> no, I like that song. I didn't like any other song I in Frozen. I didn't 2. like any other song. Okay. Yeah, that's the song that sounds like it should be sung by Michael Bolton. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I think Taylor Swift possibly has a song called "Lost in the Woods" as well. Is she? Actually, oh, I, right. I, I like Taylor Woods. I oh, sorry, Taylor Woods. I like Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Swift's country roots. I, I don't like it when oh, she yeah. goes a bit all what's that bad yeah. blood and. She lost yeah. me then, but I have seen a Taylor Swift in concert. Yeah. Me too. I thought you were going to say you like Tiger Woods. I was like, we're, we're talking too much. <laughs> so, have you seen Toy Story? I like Woody too. Um, all right, what did you? What did you take away from this one? What did? What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, firstly, I think this conversation will probably be one of the main things I take away. This has been a lot of fun to talk about. Um, but I, like, to be honest, I'll sadly be remembering this film as a bit of a "Why did you do this, Josh Brolin?" kind of movie. Okay. I, I just don't know why where it fits in with what he was trying to get out of it. And I, I think that's only because I love him so much. And, uh, but other than that, there's just not much that will stay with me. I, I didn't actively dislike this film. It just it just didn't. It never really struck a chord with me. But I do think it's really well placed on Netflix because I think it's one of those movies that if it had had a theatrical release, people most likely wouldn't have rushed out to see it. And, and probably they would have just waited for it to be released or be available on any sort of streaming service. So I think it was a good choice by the producers i think it's a calculated choice by netflix to get a josh brolin starred comedy with danny mcbride um Mm. but i just like looking at the numbers that we saw maybe it didn't quite work i I can see where the decision came from though yeah good yeah i um i think this was like for me it's like an easy film to sort of sit back and watch and um I probably wouldn't like mind having it on in the background when I don't really need to concentrate on something. You know, sometimes you put like scrubs on or yep. you put Rick and Morty on in the background or the Simpsons or something just in the background while you're doing something else. And this is probably yep. one where I, I would chuck on in the background. And then, you know, if I, I see the, the scene where, um, where Don's in the tent with Jaden showing his photos, <laughs> I might be like, oh, you got my attention again. <laughs> Sit down um, for 15 so, minutes and yeah. uh, get yourself back. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Go back to the vacuuming. But yeah, that's, uh, 
yeah, that's my thoughts on this one. I like that, Jesse. I, I used to do that a lot more when I was younger. Um, put a movie on for the background, but I find now I'm just too engaged. And if I start, and I, this used to be the case all the time, if I put a movie on the background, I'd always watch the last half hour and all of a sudden I'm just sitting there watching it. But movies, are, yeah, I'd love to do it more, but I find myself, I just I just watch it. <laughs> the the last time I tried to do that, I it was a massive fail. I, I put The Hateful Eight on. <laughs> the brother That's a dense over. movie. And, yeah, I know. And I put the on the background. I'm like, why did I put this on in the background? Poor choice. You, have you, you'd seen it before though, yeah? Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah, it before. Yeah. You, you can never do it no. with a movie you haven't seen. I used to do it with the movie Ghost Rider with... Um, Ewan McGregor, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, yeah. Yep, I uh, quite enjoyed putting that one in the back. I, it's one of those movies I sneakily enjoyed, and I probably still don't even really know why. Um, but it was a good background that I always, again, always watched like the last half hour, 45 minutes, just sitting there anyway, and defeated the purpose of the chore or the task that I was doing in the first place. Yeah, I agree. All right, um, IMDb, did you go on at all? No, I didn't, not for this film. Good, me either. We will... Um... I think it's been a while since uh, neither of us did. So, but you small know, cast, and we, yeah, we, small we cast. knew the two main ones. So, yep, good. All right, question time. Have you got anything you want to ask me? Just one. Um, yes. Why didn't they try and retrieve that four wheeler? Because to me, it was down a hill, not off a cliff, and it yep. didn't look in the worst shape. Hmm. I would have checked did, it out. Do they have that? Do they have two at the start? They had two. They had two. Yeah, they had two. Yeah, but they used the one to escape at the end, and then the other one was still there. Maybe they, it was Correct. too hard to get it back up. Back up the cliff it was too heavy. I don't know. Maybe. I, yeah. 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 It annoyed me they didn't bother checking it out because I was I, I, either that or they should have, if they wanted it for the plot, really smashed it up. Like yeah. I feel like yeah. for the filming of this, they actually returned that, and they were like, "Yeah, cool, all done." <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to smash it up too much, but Actually, if they wanted me to believe it, they would have like taken a wheel off or something. Or could have just jumped when it fell off the cliff, just burst into flames. That would have been a good yeah. laugh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. All right. Um, we, we, you've already spoken about this a bit, but I don't know whether we answered this. That final shot. Do you think that Buck shot the deer? You don't. I don't. You don't think he did. No, I do think he did. You do think he did? Okay. I do think he did. I'm glad that he hesitated because it showed that he had that understanding of where his son stood, and I'm glad they didn't show it because I didn't want to see it. But I think he did. So why didn't they just um, leave the camera on him and you just hear the bullet go off and you don't see the deer? If uh, I don't think it matters. I, th- I think the ambiguity is still quite nice because if, if you think that, that he had a such an epiphanous moment with his son that he yeah. understood his mindset and didn't want to shoot that deer anymore, then then you're allowed to have that thought and I want you to take that out of the movie and I'm cool with that. I don't think okay. it got to that point. Um but I, I, I respect that ambiguity and, and for people to make their own opinion on it. Do you think he um, shot it? Uh, a part of me thinks he does. I yeah, think, yeah. Yeah, I, I just think that for him to have, for this weekend to be fully successful, he needed to have killed something. Just Did he that's, need that's to? I, I think to be successful, Jaden needed to do it. And he needed to do it with that gun. But, but his, the, whole, the whole idea of him killing that deer was... Or wanting to kill a deer was so that Jaden would feel that connection with him. He got that connection with him. So for him to still feel that, that power in his life and that not just with Jaden and that relationship, but you know, that, that wilderness being his sort of vice, I just felt mm. that he needed to, to kill that deer to say, this has been a fully successful weekend. Not just, yes, I've got my son back, but yes, I've got my manhood back too. Yeah. Um, I like that. And there was, a, I think Don made a point early on that he's like, no matter what happens, he always, he always gets his deer. Like yeah. that's his thing. Yeah. Like he, he, he doesn't stop till he gets it. Hmm. Um, one other thing. Do you think that this film would appeal to the female gender at all? Or do you think that this, this film just re- would resonate a lot better with males just because of that father-son story? Yeah, I, 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 I reckon oh, yeah. you're probably right. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, possibly, like, if I... Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a very male-oriented film um, that, yeah, didn't really give an inkling to to making that i get they gave it a little bit of balance with the divorce but it was just very much about this the boy side of the story um yeah i don't know that's where i felt yeah it's a hard one because i mean i could watch a movie about a mother and a daughter and you know what and and probably not get as much out of it um Mm. but probably because this film in my opinion had 
less ammunition than like say like a ladybird for example which was a big sort of mother daughter thing um this movie had a lot less for it. i think if i think a lot of females watching this it would probably fall pretty flat um yeah. and they wouldn't hate it but there'd just be not a lot to take out of it yeah but you know what? Right. Everyone's different, and movies are so subjective. So it, exactly. I feel insane staying in it. We can't make an assumption for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, time to wrap this one up. Uh, the end of our show, we give the film a rating out of five to give us a flicks for an average. So MJ, what are your final thoughts on this one? Well, as you know, like I, I wanted to like this movie going into it, but it just lost me early, and I was never really able to get back into it. So I, I, I love Josh Brolin, even. Even he couldn't win me over. So <laughs> I do I do appreciate some of the messaging around the broken families and the separation from reality and separation from your family that came out of it. I do think that was nice and um, it just didn't do a lot for me. Um, but it's still two stars. Nice. Good. All right. Well, yeah, um, I was... I enjoyed this one a little bit more. I um, And it kind of surprised me a little bit too because I, I had pretty low expectations going in. Um, you know, if it's a, a comedy that you haven't heard of before with Josh Brolin and, and uh, Danny McBride, then, you know, I, I didn't have high expectations at all. And uh, yeah, enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I thought it was sweet. I thought the message was quite obvious, but it was nice. And um, yeah, I found it really enjoyable. So I'm giving it a three out of five. Good. Which gives us an average of a 2.5. Um, it does. Which is probably fair and sits where most of the consensus online is. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So we are on social media. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. We are oh, on yeah. there. Give us a shout out. Give us a like. Give us a retweet. Whatever you can. Question for this week was: Have you been hunting before, or are you against hunting? And I think I know the answer for this one for you. You've you've pretty much said this uh, throughout the show. I think. I'll be honest. I haven't. Been, I've never been hunting. Um, mm. I was never against hunting. But after mm. watching this, I'm like, I don't yeah. think I want to. I don't think I want to kill an animal. I, I, yeah. I don't know if I've got that in me. I don't think I do. No, in fact, no, yeah. I don't have it in me. Yeah, me either. I'm not, not <laughs> no interest whatsoever, and I don't want to go purposefully hunting something. Um, yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, we are back again next week with our next Ooh. film. I'm always excited for a, another chat. So this week or next week, we have a action thriller from 2018. Cool. It's called How It Ends. It's directed by David M. Rosenthal. It stars Theo James, Forrest Whitaker, Grace Dove, Cat Graham, and Mark O'Brien. Um, so only one name that I recognize um, in that list. It's a good name, though. Yeah, it is a very good name. Oh, oh, Panic Room and Phone Booth, um, Last King of Scotland. Come in the of, Oscar uh, for that? I, th- I think he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Rogue he was in Rogue One, wasn't he? I think the Star Wars. Yeah, he was in Rogue One. Yeah. yeah, very very minor role. I remember him being yeah. like really big key name, and it wasn't there for that long. Hmm. Good. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat with you about that one next week. Um, Me too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching and, this one. I've I've actually heard and, of this one. Oh, you have? Yeah, I have. Good. Haven't seen it though. Haven't seen it. I when I when I when we first announced that we were doing this podcast. Before we'd even started it, a guy I knew hit me up and said, let me know when you do how it ends. I was like, Ooh. okay, <laughs> fair enough. Well, we're there. Um, so yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, mate, we're not going to be there for a very long time. And uh, we made it. <laughs> Good. Well, um, this one I've laughed quite a lot um, and I've really enjoyed this chat. So thank you uh, very much for make- letting me relive this film. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You make me want to rewatch it. And I've got no qualms with putting this on again one day. And maybe I'll do it when I'm doing some jobs around the house. Maybe I'll I'll try your theory. I think that's the perfect uh, place to put it on a (laughs) rewatch. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be too connected to it. Good. All right. Well, yeah, I'll uh, see you next week. Looking forward to it, mate. Chat then.